What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hindsightless, the sporadic podcast where I talk about life, role-playing games, or whatever else might be running around inside of my head. But mostly role-playing games. I promise. Yo, I am back. Back in Seattle. Back from my trip down to Southern California. That was awesome. It was a nice relaxing trip the flight down there was a breeze uh there was hardly anybody in the airport there was hardly anybody on the plane from what i could tell it looked like there was only one person in each row which was amazing i had a whole row to myself uh i loved it i felt you know i felt safe and comfortable it was awesome uh and then the trip was really nice i went to A bunch of places that I would, you know, that I've been going to my whole life, basically, that they don't have up here. A bunch of food places, which was amazing. Spent a lot of time with my mom and my sister, who are both uh, who are both just amazing. I love the crap out of both of them. My mom's cats, totally rule. Uh, we grew up with cats. We always had cats. But I think these are my two favorite that we ever. No shade on the other cats that we've had that are no longer with us. But Scout and Atticus are just the two coolest cats atticus is all black scat scout is a tuxedo cat black with like white chest and white socks uh and they are just the friendliest happiest most amazing cats ever so that was super fun um hung out with some friends actually yeah partied with some people for the first time in a year and a half and that was really weird I talked about it a little bit last episode, but did some more of that um, since I recorded that. And it was it was crazy. But, you know, it was good to do it again. Everyone that I was with was fully vaccinated. Everyone was wearing masks um, for the first part. But then once everyone starts drinking, you're drinking all the time. Nobody's wearing masks anymore. And it's just how it goes. But we were all outside the whole time. So that was good. Um And yeah, while I was down there, like I said, I got a ton of call-ins, a ton, and it's awesome. And so that's what this is. This is going to be call-in city, call-in blowout. Awesome. So let's just fucking, let's just get into it. Joe, it's Tipsy Friday. So I'm just calling in to tell you that, of course, I'm not ignoring the whole, what is it, dark secrets or deep mysteries or something like that, whatever it is. Of course, that's, it's, it's game-changing. It's world-shattering. It's all of those things. I'm not ignoring it. I'm not ignoring the offer. What I'm doing is thinking about it. But, you know, you keep interrupting the purity of my thought process with all of this, yeah, but what you're missing is the dark cupboards, or whatever it is that you talk, I can't even remember. So, you know, and there are more fundamental questions like, do you want them double spaced? What kind of typeface do you want them in? Do you want me to, if I, if I record it, do I include the paragraph breaks, full stops, things like that? That's in the door. Goodbye. You got a weird doorbell, dude. 
Anyway, Barney, anyway, man, 300 words, Times New Roman, single-spaced, one or two periods after a space, use the Oxford comma or don't use the Oxford comma. Fuck it, I don't even care. It doesn't even have to be Times New Roman. Maybe Helvetica, maybe that one that everybody hates, Comic Fucking Sans. I don't know. I can't even tell the fucking difference. Use invisible fucking ink. I don't care. And dude, there is nothing pure about your thoughts. Most excellent, most excellent. Yes, it's, it's me, and I'm just saying, really, when it comes down to it, you can't threaten me. Like, it won't work. It won't work to threaten me with however many episodes you've got left before, you know, you know, like, if, if do I want to help you save the world? Of course I want to help you save the world, and I will help you save the world. But I need I need time to think about it. So please, can you stop this, you know, aggressive kind of campaigning with the eternal countdown to how many lessons? Lessons? Yeah, lessons, Joe. Can you, your lessons, how many lessons before Dark Mysteries? These things are like lessons, Barney. They're like scripture. They're like poetry. Things that need to be absorbed. Things that need to be made part of one's mind palace. Become part of themselves. I don't fucking know how many. I don't know. Five? Four? I don't know. I've lost track. You, you, you know what, Barney? I don't, you know, I don't want, I'm not even asking for one. Well, seeing as you ask, yes, I have started writing a story. I think it's, I think it's quite good. I think it's all right. No, I said I wasn't asking, but nice flip flop, dude. I love it. Uh, and dude, Barney, I know it's going to be good. It's going to be phenomenal. It is going to be any superlative you want to use. And I can't wait for it. But I will wait for it. Patiently. Silently. What's up, Jason? Hey, Joe. Jason here. Just listen to your call in to Spencer about the OCR and inclusiveness and boy am I pissed off no you're not buying it me neither I, I definitely think that you're not wrong that some circles very much are very protective of the sacred cows but I think you'll find that in other game circles too so I don't think that's just OSR I you know I, I found that in other game circles as well that if you don't speak their lingo then you know you have issues so there's definitely clicks in in a ton of different game circles. And in the OSR, those clicks exist just like everywhere else. So, but I, I don't disagree with you. And But mind you, if you come to a new group and just start trashing it, you know, what do you expect? At the same time, you should be able to come to a new group and ask honest questions. I love when people tell me that I'm not wrong. <laughs> but dude, Jason... If you go back and listen to my comments on Spencer's show, and I, I know you did, but you know sometimes we leave messages for folks a while after we're 
we've actually listened to what we're responding to, you will hear that I explicitly and intentionally several times during my statement brought up the fact that clickiness exists in other communities. Uh, Spencer was lovely enough to bring up the fact that I mentioned that in his response to John. Um, and so, yeah, I, I did say that. I know that's a hundred percent true. My thesis statement was basically just like any other community, the OSR is only inclusive up to a point, which does not make it better nor worse than those other communities. But to call it an open and inclusive space does not seem to be too accurate of a statement. Not that I am one to gauge accuracy. I am not the boss. I am not the boss of the OSR, though <laughs> it would be pretty awesome if I was. I do think that I'm the only person who would think that it was awesome if I was the boss of the OSR. <laughs> anyway, man, you got some more to say. So what's up? Hey, man, Jason here. In reference to the Barbarian Lamori game, I was most definitely not disappointed with the climax, the fight against the wizard that had eaten the demon heart, and now he turned into this water elemental. No, dude, it was totally cool. Car rolled boxcars. When a PC does a cool thing, they deserve to be rewarded. If he hadn't rolled boxcars and had to freaking skewered the heart, then you guys would have got slammed with water and messed up. So it's all good. The you know, I designed it so I had one weak point, the heart, and Carl honed in on that, and he rolled an awesome hit, so he deserved to kill it, you know? It's all good. I am a little disappointed in the, um, the necropede, the, you know, the centipede, the human centipede of dead bodies sewn together, because, you know, it didn't get to hit you guys at all, but it's all good. I mean, it happens, it, you know, and I roll horribly on dice too, so what are you going to do? Hey, Joe, as far as the DM, I guess it would be, well, the name he has, he used online for his blog is Rory Bracebuckle. He has the blog No One to Play With. It's a solo blog, blog for solo gaming. Um, but I didn't play solo games with him, of course, but he's the man that introduced me to Barbarians of Lemuria and ran it for my son and I. And theater, you know, doing theater of the mind online as an online game, but it was you know theater of the mind. Just sit there with, at the time it was, I don't know what it was, but it was like Skype or whatever. But it was just you know video of each other, you know, so you had video audio with each other, rolled dice at home, character sheets at home, and um, you know, really really enjoyed it. And it's probably why I have an unreasonable love of Barbarians of Lemuria to this day. Yeah, dude, I figured you wouldn't be disappointed with that. You know, that's just the way that the dice go sometimes. Like, it was crazy. One shot, one kill. I do not aim with my hand. He who aims with his hand has forgotten the face of his father. And Carl did not forget the face of his father on that day. Uh, yeah, sometimes the dice just, just go that way. And as uh, we'll hear a little bit later on from Carl, that's that's exciting when the dice do crazy shit and either make or break a situation and that was just dope and yeah that was a you know goblin's henchman right after i get done talking in this little bit uh has a really good idea that uh it would be cool for folks to make their own goat episode 
about the DM that inspired them the most. Like, I, Jason, I would love to hear more about this dude. Like, what in particular about him was it that you're like, yeah, that's that's the jam? Was it just that he gave you barbar like opened you up to barbarians of Lemuria, or was there was there more to it? Was there something about his style or the way he incorporated stuff together or whatever? Like, yeah, I'd love to hear more about it. You know, maybe not a whole episode, but a segment or something. I think that'd be pretty cool. <clears throat> you know who else I think is pretty cool? Goblin Senchman. Okay, I got my headphones in for hands-free operation. I got Henchman's message on blast. Let me just uh, let me just get comfy. Oh yeah, now I'm ready for it. Hi Joe, I enjoyed your your goat episode. Um, I'm slightly regretting that you didn't uh, keep the the zipper <laughs> zipper part in, at least as maybe as a double double addendum. Um, I don't think anyone's going to get their their goat story into one minute miss it one minute message. So maybe people need to do their own goat or you know goat or origin story or whatever you want to call it. I suspect that behind every DM there has to be another good DM, doesn't there? Because uh, I can't imagine them so. Well, I guess it's possible. My DM was so crap, I had to do it myself. Um, anyway, cheers, fella. Good episode. And, um, you know, love you long time. <laughs> Dude, thank you so much for that message. Holy crap. When I listened to that for the first time the other day, I actually laughed out loud. I know that expression and acronym gets thrown out all the time. I use it all the time without actually meaning it. But when I listened to that message for the first time the other day, I really did laugh out loud like a loon alone in my room. Just (laughs) thank you, man. Thank you. But yeah, funny story about origin, DM origin stories. So the guy who inspired inspired me most uh, to most emulate his style was that guy Robert that I talked about. But the reason I became a dungeon master uh, this time around when I got back into gaming is sort of what you talked about. The DM was so bad. It was this guy who used to be a great DM. He started off fantastic. He was running. Um, Wrath of the Righteous. I talk about Wrath of the Righteous a little bit later on, but he was the guy who was running that campaign for us. And for the first couple books, like book and a half, he was amazing. He like read ahead, which that doesn't seem like a lot, but it's huge if you're running an adventure path. Anyway, he was just really good. And then all of a sudden he just stopped. He just stopped something happened. I think his schedule might've changed that work or something. And so now he's was saying he didn't have any time to prep ever, which whatever he did, it's just all about time management. But yeah, he just, be, he went from a pretty good DM to a crap DM like overnight and it sucked really hard. And that's when I was like, well, fuck, somebody's got to become the DM for this group. <laughs> and that's sort of how it happened. Um, But, dude, your idea, because I'm an idiot and thought that people would be able to get in their goat stories in one message, 
uh, that's a super awesome idea. And you even took your own advice. So, folks, if you haven't yet listened to Goblin's Henchman's episode, his goat episode, where he tells about his RPG origin story, go do it right now. It is fucking fascinating. It is so much more interesting than mine. Maybe more than yours, too. <laughs> it's, Dude, your stories all are just the coolest. I said it before. I'll say it again. You are an actual call a cthulhu investigator man so thank you (laughs) thank you for the calls all the time and just for being a totally rad dude out there in the world being awesome anyway man uh who's next carl what's up dude hey there joe richter this is carl rodriguez i think you sell yourself short um about playing a half a session with the barbarians of lemuria you showed up on time. Well, you showed up on cue. Jason started playing Shipping Up to Boston by uh, Dropkick Murphys, and suddenly you were on. So I guess we just got to play some of uh, that Irish Celtic folk like uh, Dropkick Murphys or Floggy Mollies, and you will show up. Cool. Oh, also, listening to your recaps, I realize how much I miss Pathfinder. Uh, one of these days, I hope you get your Malthune. Uh, game back going. I really was really enjoying playing my guy, my gunner, my gunslinger. So uh, it'd be fun to have him join or remake a new character, one of your Pathfinder campaigns. I mean, I'll take some flogging mollies for sure. I don't, I've never listened to too much Dropkick Murphys. I really haven't. Are they ska? Ska was never really my thing. I got real big at my high school and like hella dudes started wearing plaid pants and stuff. And I just was not having it. (laughs) Surprising more of my rebellion against clicks and the like, I do not like them anyway, Carl, what, (laughs) what else do you have to say? Joe Richter? That was a great point about is the lethality of a game, something to brag about. And I agree. It's, it is, I mean, it's easy to kill characters no matter how power gamey they want to be, but that's just not exciting. Um, players to me, our players have communicated with me. The most fun they've had is surviving by the skin of their teeth or when they get a crazy fucking lucky roll, um, you know, leaping off an exploding, Skaven construction to confront the mad Grey Lord Caven, Skaven wizard, um, stuff like that, you know, which they don't expect it to succeed, but they do something crazy and it does, or they live a fight to fight another day by the skin of their teeth, not just dying stupid poison needle in a trap. I guess the exception is when a character like sacrifices themselves for the rest of the characters i'm trying to think if i've had that happen in any of my games um not recently not off the top of my head but it kind of would be cool if a character says no go i got this you know and then sardonically says see you on the other side but you know the other players playing their characters know it's not going to happen that'd be kind of a cool scene all right later you know, Carl, I don't know that I've 
I don't know that I've ever had that happen in a group that I've been running where a player has like, you know, kind of held the line so the rest of the crew could get away while they were making like a last final fatal stand. Uh, but I don't remember that very well could have happened. So if, you know, if you're a player and you've done that, let me know. Call in and tell me about it because I don't remember everything. I've definitely had players throw themselves into crazy, dangerous situations and get killed. That has absolutely happened, but never necessarily to, like, none shall pass, uh, that kind of thing. But, fuck, dude, the dice can make, like, make it all happen, man. And there's, like you mentioned, there's nothing more exciting when everything's looking bleak, the party is down and almost out, and then all of a sudden they come through with like a nat 20 or the DM rolls a nat 1 or something and just the tide of battle changes. And boom, they grasp victory from the deadly cold claws of defeat. And it's fucking awesome. Um, I may have talked about it before, but this one fight I remember I was running for James and Woody and Laura. And... Uh, Woody was still up, and then one of the other two, one of James and Laura was up, and the other one was down. They were fighting this black, evil unicorn. They ended up killing it, but everyone was sort of hurt. Woody wasn't all that hurt, and he was like a fighter, martial character. And the other person that was still around was not and was pretty badly hurt. And as soon as they defeated the unicorn, the party was like, yeah, hooray, we won. And then the unicorn explodes and this giant shadow demon comes bursting out of it. And it's like round motherfucking two. Uh, so the they start fighting the shadow demon and it's looking bad. And then the shadow demon casts a magic jar on Woody, a spell that would have let him control Woody's body. And then he would have just murdered the other player that was still up. Like it wouldn't have even been... It wouldn't have even been close. It would have been lights out, game over. And it was a fucking hard save. And Woody came through with a nat 20. Boom! Uh, and they ended up winning. And it was awesome. Amazing. And I love that stuff. Um, that's why I love the dice. That's why I do not fudge dice. Because you can't get those sort of where the whole table goes, yeah! When you're fudging dice. Don't do it. Uh, that's, yeah. That's, I guess that's the one thing where I tell people they shouldn't do it you know i don't believe in fudge and dice anyway weird tangent there let's hear what else carl has to say hey joe richter thanks for the reminder i was meaning to make a call in um i think it's pretty awesome that you're almost finished with rise of the rune lords it is so hard in all my 20 plus years of gaming to finish an adventure path i've gotten close with paizo adventure paths or uh, pathfinder wise almost finished uh kingmaker um got close in the one that take the first one that takes place in Cheliax. um got to number five got to number six in kingmaker but uh rocket tag basically blew up the campaign um i'm trying to think if there's any other ones i've gotten close to but usually in my experience these adventure paths stall out about book number three um so that's really awesome that you guys are almost done you should uh open a bottle of champagne 
The other adventure path that we got to number five in was Council of Thieves. That was the name of it. So, um, however, not in Paizo Adventure Path for Pathfinder, but in one of Paizo's products for Starfinder, we did finish Dead Suns, which was hella awesome. Um, so that was a neat accomplishment. And then, um, and I think all the characters survived, which was surprised. Uh, they lost a, a very trusted hench person but uh, they all ended up doing really well and surviving in um another game in the uh warhammer the i think it was warhammer this warhammer third edition but we're using a second edition module called the thousand thrones where they took on basically vampires it's actually the name of the warhammer campaign thousand thrones Again, they were escorting or part of the pilgrimage of this uh, miracle child uh, to fulfill a prophecy. Interestingly, <clears throat> only one of the original characters who started the adventure path survived. Uh, he was a gray mage who was able to, when things got hairy, you know, turn invisible, duck out of illusions. But it was cool that we finished it. Um, hard to say if the conclusion was ultimately satisfying, but hey. That's why you play the game, right? Again, grats on Rise of the Rune Lords almost completion. Dude, that Warhammer campaign you're describing sounds awesome. <laughs> I mean, you throw a miracle child, prophecy, and a, and a bunch of vampires all together. Fuck yeah, sign me up. Uh, leave that system behind, but that adventure, I, I definitely want to check out. And I absolutely hear you about unsatisfying endings because I got I, I just got a feeling with Rise of the Rune Lords man like it's cool it's a perfectly serviceable adventure Rise of the Rune Lords is a good adventure for you know new players new dungeon masters it's great if you want to run it on roll 20 they have the whole map pack and everything up there uh, so it's got everything you need right there if you pay for it so yeah, it's it's cool, but oh, dude, it just doesn't have that, oomph, you know, that epic feel. You fight a bunch of giants for one. I've never found giants to be an interesting antagonist or enemy. They're just they're just boring to me. I'd much rather fight like demons or undead or anything else almost <laughs> i'd rather fight goblins than giants and there's a ton of giants in rise of the rune lords which i did not know about uh but there's like two books worth of giants man anyway you also don't go that many places really you kind of stay in one area which is fine you don't need to go a lot of places for an adventure path to be cool uh, for example, the next adventure path our group is playing is Curse of the Crimson Throne, which is primarily set in one city. But I'm really excited for that. You know, we're all sort of playing like neutral, maybe lawful evil, you know, <laughs> nobody's playing a paladin. That's for sure. In that campaign, it's a little grittier, a little grimier. And I'm excited about that. But, dude, I've heard from a bunch of people that Dead Sons is a dope campaign. So, mad props for finishing that. That's really cool. I've read a little bit of Starfinder. I've never played any of it. Seems cool. I haven't really played that many. Have I played any sci-fi games? Like, 
I'm pretty sure I played a few sessions of a Star Wars game. I remember there might have been like a bluish gray book hardcover. I, I could be making that up. I don't remember if it was D6 or what. I never, that wasn't the thing that was, I paid attention to, like who made what game. I never knew. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that's it. Like that's the only experience with RPGs in space that I've had. So good on you for getting out there and playing some sci-fi games, man. That's awesome. <laughs> Mad props for finishing. That's super nice, dude. You know what else is nice? Speaking of nice, Jay Webster left me a super nice message out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And so I saved it for the last because it was. I thought it was really cool. I really appreciate it. And yeah, so Che, take it away. Hey Joe, it's Che uh, calling out of the blue really because I just wanted to say thank you for calling it the Spencers Keep Off the Borderlands and talking about OSR and how insular you feel it can be and how like, you know, it's very inclusive if you toe the line. Amen is all I'm going to say to that. Um, I really, really identified with what you said and I just wanted to call you and say, man, you didn't piss me off. Um, anyway, I can't speak obviously for everybody else, but um Actually, I just, I just sat there applauding in my car because I thought, you know what? Someone's had the guts to say something I haven't had the guts to say for a very long while, like ever. So, Jay, uh I don't know if you'll hear this, but thank you. Seriously, thank you. That was awesome. That was, for those who don't know, that was Che Webster of the Roleplay Rescue podcast. Um, and yeah, man, I, I was just whatevs like that's just how i saw it you know it doesn't sound like i pissed too many people off you heard jason earlier he <laughs> didn't bother him much uh it certainly didn't seem to piss off spencer or you know anyone else that i've heard from nobody at least nobody has told me that it made them mad it is really interesting that this is one of the few times where my call-ins on other people's shows have led to responses on my show so that's kind of weird if you, you – it's the meta anchor thing that I love. It's a really cool community. But anyway, dude, seriously, Che, thank you again. That was a fantastic message, and I super, super appreciate it. Okay, let me, let me get out of here then. Yup, that's it. That's all the calls, dude. That was a lot. That was a lot of calls, everybody. Thank you all so much. Thank you all. To Barney of Loco Ludus, Jason, Nerds RPG Variety Cast, Goblins Henchmen of Goblins Henchmen's Podcast, Che Webster of the Roleplay Rescue Podcast, and Carl Rodriguez, DM Extraordinaire. Uh, guest host occasional guest hosts on nerds rpg variety cast so if you want to hear an unboxing from carl you can go check out one of jason's recent episodes because it's there <laughs> so thank you dude so much for those i'm glad i got a chance to put them out because y'all had interesting things to say um and it makes me happy that you call in so anyway folks find the happiness where you can when you can until next time, peace out.